0: Obviously I also have a wine with them, Raven Smith summer wine.
1: Wow, the truth comes out. Raven Smith has <laughs> yeah. a wine.
0: But I don't think it's very classy to turn up at a party with your own branded anything. No. <laughs> don't do <laughs> it's just that. Like, oh, cool. no. Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> Hello, I'm Alison Roman and welcome to Solicited Advice, the podcast where I get to do what I love most, give advice. Each week, I'm joined by a very special guest and several very special advice seekers as we do our best to solve all of, or at least one of, your problems. Today's guest is my friend, Raven Smith. Raven Smith, you may know from the internet as being probably the funniest person on there, but he's also a brilliant writer, a talented man about town, general sort of interesting person, capital I, capital P. And his new book, Men, is out now wherever books are sold. And I highly recommend it to anybody who enjoys smart, quippy writing about life and dating and general topics of society as told through the lens of somebody extremely brilliant and determined to make you laugh. I think he's going to be the perfect guest. He is affable. He is warm. He is full of, I don't know, joie de vivre. Is that—is that real? Some people have that. If anyone does, it's him. Raven Smith, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hi, thanks for having me. I am ready to solve some problems.
1: I know. Well, what what you don't know, dear listener, is that only seconds ago did Raven realize we're taking some of these callers live. So (laughs) I feel like, would you have said no otherwise? Or did I trick you? Like, I feel like, was I dishonest? How did this, how are you feeling in this moment?
0: I'm already here in the meeting, so we might as well just roll with the punches. That's so true
1: i I otherwise would tell everybody that you refused, which I can't happen
0: I don't think we I think starting with a divas drop is bad for both parties I'm just gonna i feel I'm quite excited to speak to people live
1: good. I feel like i mean, I think you have a wide breadth of life experience, knowledge, humor that makes you the ideal candidate for the show. I feel like of all the people that I have met in like my adult life like recently quote unquote I found talking to you to be the easiest experience and the most delightful and so I'm not worried at all for this
0: that is an incredibly nice thing to say <laughs> I feel like if Richard and I renew our vows I'll get you to help him to write his ones
1: is he not a good writer?
0: he doesn't say things as nice as that to me <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> But I've seen the love in his eyes for you, so I know that it's there, and I think that we can we can get it out. But, yeah, I think people I was expecting uh, when I met you, I was like, "Oh, well, I know he's funny, and I know he's charming. and I know he's smart, but you are also a deep well of emotion and compassion. And that's what that's what we're here to expose today.
0: I do <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. And now we're married, actually. How are you? How's London?
0: Uh, London's good. The nights are getting, the nights are drawing in. It's getting dark. It's dark when I wake up, and it's dark when I go to sleep. It's one of those.
1: Yeah, it's like the the good times are over. It's 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 not great.
0: The thing is with winter is I quite like drawing in for it. So I like getting ready for winter, putting some thick curtains up, getting the woolies out. But then it's like eight to nine months in London. Of the same weather, yeah. it doesn't really lift for a while.
1: Do you change your home decor like for the winter?
0: Well, you're meant to. I think if you, I think a lot of people get the thick curtains out so but to trap the drafts. But I, I, that feels more of a sort of Downton Abbey feeling rather than my house in Camberwell.
1: Yeah, I don't know who a lot of people are. I've never heard of that, and that uh, in the year of our Lord 2023. But I, it sounds charming as hell, and I will look into it for my own personal existence my curtains are far too summery for this time of year
0: yeah do you not have like knits in like in storage that come out for the season
1: i don't but recently i just did like a big kitchen purge where i looked at cups and pots and pans and dishes and things like that mm. and decided that i was going to like kind of redecorate my kitchen and not even like the exterior but the interior and that's not something that i've done in a long time. And while we're always like down to do that with our clothing and in some cases our curtains, mm. I feel like there is sort of like a seasonal closet changeover appropriate for your kitchen as well. But I've I've never done it with like my pillows or I know some people like will change their linen, their bedding to reflect a chillier month. And I'm just like, I I don't have time for that. I also don't have any space to put like an entire new set of duvet or whatever you know yeah so i'm I'm like get rid of it move on
0: yeah about six or seven months ago richard and i i had, I had this great idea to get rid of all the blankets in our house and it's getting cold and we are it's touch and go yeah
1: yeah <laughs> well that's what happened with my last winter i got rid of all my clothes like my mm. winter clothes and i was like i never want to wear this again this jacket is dead to me the sweater is falling apart like Whatever, and now I'm like, oh, I have zero winter clothes, which is yeah, I mean, it's la- fine. layering it's, up. Frankly, it's gorgeous tops. here,
0: <laughs> just one after the other.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like a doan showroom over here. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know, I but I I admire the um, the British way of life in that way, where it feels like cobblestone. I'm sensing steam from the streets. There's a, a harshness to the October weather, you know, that we just don't experience here.
0: Yeah, I think it depends how gentrified your area is, but yeah, there's a lot of. Um, I always say gentrification smells like croissants and vomit. That is how you know young, cool people <laughs> have moved in.
1: <laughs> is that where you live? Is that the vibe?
0: Uh, we the, we uh, the tube. They did the tube plans for London and the, uh, to extend the line, and the tube went the other way from us. So now it's it's stayed pretty the same for quite a while. You can still meet like local people. It's not just commuters.
1: That's nice. Do you feel it? Like, how long have you been in your area? Where where do you live?
0: I live in Camberwell, which is like Peckham for grown-ups. So it means everyone goes to sleep at a reasonable-ish time. I've been we've been here like seven years. I love it. I, I grew, uh, well. I moved to East London about twenty years ago. Lived there forever. Loved it. Thought of myself as very much like a local god. Thought I'd never leave and then left and never, never look back. Don't miss it at all.
1: London is like so sprawling that to go to another neighborhood is like a full day trip. It's like not something that you can just like bop around. It's a full commitment to venture outside of where you live, I imagine. More so than New York anyway.
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad. And I think less so than LA, but more so than New York. It's somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah. That's why we don't live in LA. Couldn't pay me. (laughs) I'm from there. Don't need to go back. I'm good.
0: I've always had this dream of being like a really bad agony aunt and just giving the worst advice ever to people. Just like bring up the worst thing that's ever happened between you and your partner in front of their family, that kind of stuff. So this is my chance Mm. to like not do that, to actually help the community.
1: Yeah. I feel like also that some people need bad advice. You know? And and I don't mean like bad advice and like intentionally bad, but like, it's okay if our opinion differs, but that hasn't happened quite yet where I feel like good advice across the board is like the correct move. But I do do that when people ask me for directions. I'm, they're like, oh, like which way is 6th Avenue? And I always point them in the wrong direction. Not intentionally, obviously, but it is my biggest fear to do that here on this show as well. And then to have them follow through and then be like, oh, Alison Roman ruined my life. And I can't have that. I can't have that blood on my hands.
0: I'd love that if it came up online. It was like, Alison and Raven gave me advice and my life completely spiraled from that moment.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I already got some feedback from a caller a few weeks ago who we walked through this wedding situation and mm. they took our advice and they it worked out. It was okay, like okay. 100% success rate so far with the one person who gave us feedback. So, So we're good. We're batting a million. Okay. So let's take our first caller. This is fun. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot wait. Okay, we have our first live caller, which is very exciting. Uh, Raven, are you ready?
0: I am. Drum roll.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Angie, how can we help you? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to speak to you today. So I had a question. (laughs) Pretty much, I kind of planned a get-together, a small get-together with my friends. And I intended for it to be like an intimate thing. I sent out a mass text like, hey, I'm planning this like cooking thing at my house. Let me know if you're all down to come. Everybody's like, yeah, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. And then my friend was like, yeah, I'm down. And my partner is also coming. I was <laughs> I was like, "Um, Okay. I I sat on it for a second and then I was just like, wait, I don't know. It feels a little, I felt a little, um, I don't know, just kind of blindsided by that a little bit just because I didn't directly invite their partner. So I don't know if I'm just like overreacting here, but it sort of just feels like it's overstepping to just invite your partner without consulting with the host in a way. And I don't know if I'm overstepping, if I should not, like, I just feel a little Mm -hmm. conflicted there. Is this
1: the mm-hmm. first time that this has happened with this particular fine or is this like a repeat offense?
2: It is the first time that has happened, but I've been seeing it gradually kind of like be more of a thing where they're a bit more inseparable. How long have they been together? Less than
1: a year. To answer your first question, I guess, I don't think it's overreacting. I think how you handle it determines whether you're overreacting or not, but you having that feeling is totally reasonable because... You're trying to curate a dinner party. You're trying to figure out how many people to feed. You're creating a vibe. You're creating, like, the evening. You're orchestrating. You're opening up your home. It's very reasonable to say, like, this is who I'm inviting. This is the guest list. It's like, can I bring a friend? You're like, well, not really. You know, and it's like, oh, my partner's coming. is you know, presumptuous. That's not really me giving you advice. That's me... Confirming your, your
0: irritation. <laughs> yeah, we support your emotions around this. But my feeling exactly. is... Exactly, this is a support
1: group now. It's no yeah. longer an advice show.
0: <laughs> my feeling is there's actually a very short window between someone asking if they can bring someone and you saying yes or no. Because I feel like you could just say, oh, there isn't really, well, don't lie. But like, you could just say no straight away. But you, I think you have to get in there bullet time. You've got to just set cards on the table as quick as you can. Because otherwise, it's like I've been thinking about it and I, I don't want your partner to come. I've been really thinking about it a lot. Actually, I went on a podcast and chatted about it a bit and I've decided that they <laughs> can't come. That's more trouble people than it's <laughs> worth. Yeah. <invited. laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And also, like, do you feel like you have that space with, your, with this particular friend where you can be like, hey, that irritated me.
2: Yeah, I think that I I do have the space, but it kind of just threw me so off to not receive the question first. Like, hey, can I invite my partner? You know, I, I just felt like they made the assumption that it was hard for me to backtrack into like, well, actually I did want this to be more of a core friend thing, you know? And I, it also touches like, did you already invite them? And like, now is it like an uninvite thing? You know, like, yes, I don't know. I, I, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> And then it's, to me, it's like, that's not really my problem that you would have made mm. the assumption that they were invited to something they were not explicitly told to come to. Do you not like this person? No, I think they're great. Honestly, they are. But I really, I, I wanted to have this like core group thing to like, to tell people who were being really supportive with me during a tough time to say, thank you so much for showing up for me. Mm. And I didn't want to have to like, say that, you know, out front, because it's a bit Mm -hmm. more vulnerable, I guess. It just felt like in the same way that I would never like invite myself to a couple's date. I don't think you should invite your partner to your friend's thing. Yeah. uh, Like off the bat, you know, like without consulting. And so it it felt hard for me to backtrack and be like, well, listen, you know, it was just kind of like a, since they just were so kind of sure of it, it was... And and then I was like, well, since they're so sure of it, like, am I even entitled to feeling like averse to this mm-hmm. assumption? Absolutely.
1: I think it becomes increasingly difficult to get time alone with your friends as they enter into partnerships. And whether they're married or not, whether they've been together a year or 20 years, it is still important to make time for the individual and not just treat everybody as a couple. And that is like, I think, a courtesy that you pay to your single friends and your friends in relationships people should remember that like, they are an individual and that sometimes they need reminding, especially if they're excited about a new relationship, which is totally reasonable.
0: I just think if the nature of your dinner is to thank people who have been really supportive of you at a difficult time, you should ideally have the shorthand with that friend to be like, actually, I'm doing this dinner to thank people specifically for being supportive. (laughs) And I just, that's just who I've invited if it's okay, if we just all hang out as a bigger group another time. I think it's a really nice thing for you to do. I think your friend will probably be like, oh, that's a really nice thing that I don't need to bring my partner to if if that's not the vibe. It's not like, it's different if you're like, and then it's a house party and we're all going to do balloons. But it's not. It's like a really nice thank you, safe space. You know, it's a really nice emotional thing to do. To, and And I think also to just show proper gratitude when people are there for you. It's like, it's nice. Your friend's not going to be upset if you say, look, I'm just doing this little tiny moment. Has
1: the dinner party happened already? No, it didn't. Did you tell them? What did you say? Like, how did this play out?
2: Afterwards, I was digesting it for a second. And then I I reached out to, to them and I was like, hey, listen. I told them, I was like, I really intended this to be a smaller thing. And so, and more intimate. So I would actually rather just be amongst friends and also, I didn't invite anybody else's partners. Nobody else made that assumption, so I just don't feel like it'd be fair. So that played a part. And she actually kind of told me that she felt I was being a little disingenuous, like incorporating like the idea of like other people's partners not being there as a reason why I wouldn't want her partner there. But it, it's true to me like I really didn't want to make this like a larger thing. I just wanted it to be my core friends. And I did explain that. and I feel like, It was, it went over well enough, but I think she had to backtrack with having it already invited her partner. So it was a little touchy for sure. I
1: think that this is something that also comes with age, which is like you do, this happens enough times where like everybody figures out how to navigate it either as the person in the relationship or as the person doing the inviting. And again, it becomes like more obvious with time. But I think that like, Sometimes in these types of situations, depending on the friendship, I do find it easier to be like, great, everyone can come and turn it into something different than what you had originally planned. And then retroactively plan for the thing that you wanted. Be like, okay, this is not going to be the thing that I wanted. This is, this is now something else. It's not in my control really. And in order to avoid like hurting feelings or like ruffling feathers, like the path of least resistance for me would be to say, okay, then everyone can come. And like the more the merrier, this is a different event now. And then to schedule something in the near future from that point and say, very honestly, openly, with love, saying, I'm so happy we hung out the other day. It was really great. I'm glad you guys came over. I've been meaning to invite just you guys over for, sort of just wanted to thank you for X, Y, and Z. Wouldn't really mean a lot to me to keep it small and intimate. So let me know what dates work for for you guys. Raven, you've been in a relationship for a very long time. Yeah. Do people sort of assume you as a unit?
0: Infuriating. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm so proud of my independence and happy in my relationship, but I would always expect to be treated as Raven Smith on his own. (laughs) Uh, I also think... uh, I don't know how long your friend's been with their new with their partner, but like most people in long-term relationships quite like going out for dinner without their other half and like hanging out with their mates and just kicking back. So it maybe if it's a, if it's a fairly new relationship, I can appreciate the that kind of like shiny new toy energy. And that can last two or three years.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's like less. It's not like the question is like they asked and what do I say? It's that they didn't ask and how do I Mm. handle that? And I think for me, it's like, well, they didn't ask. So that like shows a lack of a little bit of awareness, but I don't know that like this is the time to hash that out. I think Clean Slate is the time to hash that out and be like, hey, I'm so happy for you. I love, insert partner's name here and like think you guys are great together. And I just want to make sure that we continue to make time for each other as friends outside the relationship. And like come to it from like a place of compassion rather than like irritation.
2: Yeah, I think I immediately got quite irritated. And so that's why I felt a little blindsided by it a bit because I just, I don't feel the pressure to like fully acclimate myself with the people that my friends have chosen to make their person. Like that's your thing in your life. Frankly. <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's your person in your life. And I don't make the automatic assumption that they gotta have to be everywhere where you are. You know, I just feel like it's a different world when people are in, in relationships, like they're just kind of like in that two year period Raven mentioned, you know. And I I want to still be a part of the dynamics that I have personally fostered without the addition of mm-hmm. their person. And I don't think it's that big of a deal per se. But I don't like the assumption. And I, having been single for a while, I don't know like how people actually interpret these things. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, I, I'm just like, why wouldn't you ask? Like, Why was that so automatic for you?
1: Yeah. I think people get excited about new relationships and they want to be viewed as a couple. And like that feels like a part of their identity. But like giving them the benefit of the doubt, like allowing them to be excited about this relationship and being like, I'm happy for you, but also it's annoying is fine. Internally, but I don't think you need to share that, you know
0: I th- also think when you're younger, you like that what your friends' partners are such a key part of your social life because you spend like Friday night and Saturday night and a couple of nights of the week all together. I think as you get a bit mm-hmm. older or get some maturity, my friends have new partners, but I'm not I, as long as they're happy, I'm not really getting that deep into it with them. I'm like, yeah, cool. He seems nice. Whatever. Like <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a way yeah, that I, I don't have to totally. spend Friday and Saturday night with him for the next three years. So it's it's a bit less pressure totally. on, on on that bigger web. And I do think you're right to like safeguard that friendship with your mate.
2: I feel like I've jumped, I've leaped in the like wisdom in this conversation a little bit. You know, when like, you just like know things a little bit when you're older. I feel like you guys nudged me in that direction. <laughs> Sorry, I do have
1: one more nugget. That's mm. it. And then i we probably going to end this like bridesmaids speech off. But my the last one is that it's valid also to feel one way and then behave another in that like, if you're asking yourself like, is it bad of me to feel this way? Should I feel guilty for feeling this way? No. Your feelings are your feelings. You should feel them. You're entitled. It's what do you do with that feeling? How do you communicate that feeling? And sometimes you're like, this is so stupid. I don't even like this person. I wish they weren't here. That was so rude. And the way you behave, it does not match that. The way you behave is like, oh, of course they're welcome. Like, would love to see you just you and -and so-and-so in two weeks from now. Like, was was that cool?
0: Yeah, there's something really freeing about being that friend who's like, yeah, no problem. Let's go.
2: I really appreciate this like insight into like how else I could navigate this because it did feel very like stifled in that moment. But now I feel like, there's just so many other ways to go about it and still feel okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and you can still be annoyed. Just <laughs> and everyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Angie, thank you so so much for being on the show. We hope that this was helpful. Thank you. My post game analysis, and I didn't want to say this like on the get go, but I was like, "Oh, you're young." <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like this so many so many times. Like a problem presents itself. No, not even in a bad way, but just like. So many problems, like these social dynamic issues. Mm -hmm. I think because you experience them for the first time, they're like shocking and upsetting. And then they just keep happening for like Mm -hmm. most of your life. And then because they just keep happening, you're kind of desensitized and you're just like, oh, well now I know how to deal with this because I've experienced it so much. I remember the time my sister called and was like, I can't believe I'm spending like $3,000 to go to this girl's bachelorette party that I didn't even have to go to and like, can you believe she's making me do this and buying a threat? And I was like, yeah, I've done it like six times. It's only mm. gonna get worse. You're 23. Like, you know, mm. and I think like having these things that happen, you're like, okay. And that's like, not to be too existential about it, but that is like generally life, right? Like things keep happening. Yeah. And then like you experience different ways of dealing with them. But that to me is like a classic 23 to 27 year old problem.
0: Yeah. I, well, to your sister, I would say it doesn't matter the circumstance of that bachelorette. Every time the bride look at you, looks at you, you better be smiling like this is the best night of your life. <laughs> that's, that's all that matters. Your yeah, job like there you, is to make also, her like, reflect goodness What back else to can her. I do?
1: Can I do more? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I think, I, I, yeah, and I, I, as someone who feels uh, broadly principled about lots of things and incredibly... Practical about how the stages of things should ro- roll and play out. I do really sympathize with that feeling of like feeling wronged and being like, "What shall I do about having been wronged?" And sometimes the answer is absolutely nothing. You just smile and nod and put an, and do another plate yeah. of food. That's it.
1: Someone said the other day in like a, in like a yoga class I took, they were like, mm-hmm. "You should people. We should all focus on being more responsive rather than reactive." And I was like, oh, that's like really beautiful advice, actually.
0: That's yoga for you. That's why I keep going. I have this, I have this creepy feeling that um, Angie's friend is the next caller. And she's going to be like, my single friend will not let us bring our partners to any social gatherings.
2: <laughs> Hello,
1: friends and solicited advice listeners. I am here to tell you. About Airbnb. I love going to the farmer's market in whatever city that I'm traveling in. And the ideal scenario is that, like, I can at least once on my trip cook a really nice dinner for myself and whoever I'm traveling with. If I have some friends in the city, they can come too. But it just feels more personal, it feels more intimate. And I've had some of my most memorable travel moments staying in an Airbnb. It's also such a great way to travel with friends because you can get a big house and there can be multiple bedrooms and you can all share your meals together and you can, like, really be at home in an Airbnb. And the nice thing about traveling is that, you know, you might be thinking, well, what's going to, who's going to stay at my house? I'm staying at someone else's house. Who's going to stay at mine? Well, you could consider being a host and then you can return the favor to somebody else and provide for them the same kind of excellent service that somebody is providing for you. And your home might just be worth more than you think. You can find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, friends and listeners of Solicited Advice. I am here today to tell you about a brand new cookbook. It's called Korea World. It is written by Dookie Hong and my friend Matt Rodbard, and they wrote that book, Koreatown, which was wonderful and amazing and full of great recipes. Um, This is a little bit different. It is sort of like an evolution of Korean cuisine, both in Korea and also different Koreatowns across the United States, of which there are so, so many. And it is a beautifully shot book. Alex Lau, you did a great job. Vibrant photographs, delicious looking recipes, and really incredible stories, Um, If you are interested in food at all or cooking at all or culture at all, you will love this book. Korea World is available right now wherever books are sold. All right, let's take our next caller. Hello. Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for
3: having me. How can we help you today? I know that you were recently married. Congratulations. Thank you so much. But I'm hoping <laughs> for some interfamily relationship advice. Mm. So I've been married to my husband for a little under a year. He's the youngest in a really big, close-knit family. I'm talking like I see them multiple times a week. Every holiday. And I love them so much. I consider them my own family. I feel so lucky to be a part of their family. But his sister in law, I have been really struggling to make a connection with her. When we were first dating, she would just be like a little cold. She wouldn't interact with me. She wouldn't really engage with me. And when she had a couple drinks, I felt like she was trying to embarrass me. But I thought that getting married, it might subside a little bit, like knowing that, you know, I'm in the family for a long time and it's actually just gotten worse. I'll like be direct and be like, hey, do you want to go hang out or do you want to do something before this event? And she'll not respond or just make me feel generally uncomfortable. So I've been wondering, you know, what would another person in this situation do? I am struggling to figure out what would be a good solution.
1: This is so uncomfortable for you. I'm so Incredibly sorry. Incredibly
0: juicy. Love this.
3: Sorry.
0: <laughs> the thing, the opposite. I'm like, delicious. Yeah, Absolutely delicious been, problem.
1: Yeah, you go. I want to hear what you would do. <laughs> I
0: don't know what my advice is, but I just love the, the world you've built for me from your problem is just chef's kiss. <laughs> my investigative brain just feels like I I would have to get to the bottom of the issue. I just don't know how much of a like pandora's box or can of worms it would be for you mm-hmm. to to know what's cooking so she's your brother's brother's wife
3: yeah his brother's wife
0: so you both you both have the same position in that extended family you're the, the in-laws
3: yeah and she was in the family she's been in the family longer than i have and so i kind of thought i don't know that we would have a little outlaw alliance but Apparently not. Do other people like her? It's hard to tell. I think she is a little like standoffish, but I don't know. She's not very nice to my husband either. And I think people in the family have noticed that. And so... Have we considered that she's just the worst?
1: And that, <laughs> and that like the advice is to like not engage because she's the fucking
3: worst? <laughs> I've considered it, but given how much time we spend together, I just don't know like how is this the rest of my life? <laughs> I'm just...
1: God, it doesn't have to be. Well, that that's sort of... It's like, it, it shouldn't be. And I mean, I know what I would do. I get the sense from your energy that we would approach things a little differently in that I would probably be like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't get that sense from you, which is really yeah. for the best because I don't think what I would do is actually helpful. <laughs> I don't think that's good advice for anyone. And I'm not saying what I would do is smart, but... I do think that there's like two choices here. And one is to do sort of like, what what is cooking under there? What is happening? And Mm -hmm. like ask straight up and be like, oh, I've noticed like some tension. Like, but it sounds like she's telling you everything she needs to tell you, which is that maybe she's for whatever reason without you having to do or say anything is either threatened by your presence. Maybe people like you more. Maybe people want to spend more time with you than her. She feels territorial over the family. It's probably born from insecurity. It's probably born from like nothing real, nothing that you did and has no bearing on your personality or the way you live your life or your relationship. But she feels probably like not secure. One way of doing things, which again, this is like a real case of like things that I would say to do, but not sure I would have (laughs) the fortitude to do myself, Mm -hmm. would be to like truly do the kill with kindness energy and be like, Mm. Make them feel like ultra included, like be so generous, so effusive. Like, I love your blouse. Like, what did you, your hair is amazing today. Like, dumb, stupid, like compliments and just like, hey, I picked up an extra tea. Would you want, like, it's like very annoying and wor- it's like a lot of labor emotionally and sometimes physically on one's part to do this. And if that doesn't work, then you can be like, you're dead to me. (laughs) Like, I feel like it's like you go as far as you can go and see if there's a tide change because if like her behavior is purely rooted in the fact that like she's not in therapy and she doesn't know how to deal with her insecurities or maybe she has like a deep well of family trauma and doesn't know how to accept love from family. Like, I don't know like what this person's story is. But like, it's kind of safe. Like, if you're like, I can rise above, I can be the bigger person, I can be... I can, like, meet the moment with, like, generosity and love and kindness because I'm assuming this person doesn't have the tools, but I do. And you can, like, display that and be like, this is a safe space,
3: effectively. Mm -hmm.
0: How long has she been an in-law to the family?
3: Uh, About two years. She's been married in, but they've been dating longer.
0: I completely... I kind of sympathise with her because you seem really likeable. And I <laughs> and she's probably recently married into the family, loves them as much as you do, but is now seeing you join from the perspective as part of the family. So she's got her parents-in-law really excited that she can hear them. They probably were the same about her, but she wasn't privy to that conversation. But now she's listening to them, getting all excited about this wedding, talking about you. She's probably just like, oh, it feels a bit displaced, it's, but I, I, Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, it's really tough. Like my in-laws are great. My husband's brothers and sisters, partners, we're like a little like gang of like non, we're like the in-law Danxes. Like we are, we're like the interlopers to their Christmas. And we're always like, we've got nothing in common, (laughs) but we are the (laughs) outsiders. We just like, we just, we orbit around this family having a great time. So it's a shame that she doesn't want to have an alliance with you, but then none of those people are like, you know, very charismatic black men. Which for me would be really difficult. If one of those came in and was like, "Hi, I'm the shiny new toy of the family," I'd find that really hard. Can too, you imagine? Right? Oh yeah, my god, I'd be living. Raven would
1: short circuit. Yeah, yeah, that would not be acceptable. We would have been a different conversation here.
0: <laughs> I would just say kill her with kindness, but it does sound like with you making such an effort to build bridges with her, that she's... And if she's ignoring texts and, like, not trying to... do, I, I don't think it's... I think you are being really kind to her and making space for her.
1: It screams of, like, insecurity, and I think that there's only so much work you can do on that end. And at a certain point, it becomes, like, not what can I do to fix the situation, but what can I do to deal with the situation? Just how can you protect yourself from being hurt, from having feelings hurt, It's so tough to not want to involve other people, you know, where you're like, so-and-so is being mean to me. I'm like, you're like, it's like, what do we (laughs) eat? How can't we not deal with this? But it's also like, people are mean and it hurts our feelings. Like it, it just does. It doesn't matter how old you are. Is it, does it like happen in secret? Is it like one of those things where like, like I'm imagining like when you're in the kitchen together, like cleaning up and she's like rude to you, but then someone else comes in the kitchen and she's really nice. Like, What's the vibe?
3: It's a little bit of both. So when we're together in private, she'll make smaller comments that are like totally mean, but then...
1: What does she say? Like, what's... You don't have to... I mean, if it's dramatic, (laughs) you don't have to relive them. But like, what kind of stuff is she
3: saying? Well, she'll just like... Oh, gosh. They're like... It's so weird when I say it out loud. Like, when we were dating, they would get like... And we were going on a trip. They would get like shared hotel rooms. And if we were, like, at night talking to the brother or her, she would just be like, can you guys just shut up? Like, just tell us, to, like, I don't know. And then, like, would get, like, drunk and, like, you know, say something like, have you guys noticed how much Emily fights with her partner? Which is, like, untrue, but, like, I don't know. Just trying to... It was mm-hmm. odd stuff. So the seeds of division. Yeah, yeah a little bit. But it's, like, all... Very silly. Like, I feel stupid because I'm like, I'm an adult woman. Like, these should not bother me. At some point, it's on me for like how I accept it. But I'm like, I don't know. Like, sometimes they're just so out there that I'm like, I don't know what to do. It makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm.
1: No, nobody would be able to be okay with that. That's like unacceptable. There's also like the version of the story where, like, after attempting to be kind, kill with kindness, et cetera, that you're just like, hey, that's not okay with me. I don't know what your deal is with me or like why this is not a peaceful situation. But I'm telling you honestly, you're hurting my feelings and it sucks to be around. And Mm -hmm. we're in the same family. And if I could leave this situation with you, trust me, I would, but I can't. So all I'm asking of you is to, if you really don't care for me or if I've done something to offend you, either tell me or simply leave me alone. Mm -hmm. I don't know like... that would be such an uncomfortable, awkward conversation to have. I can't actually imagine having it in real life. But I also can't imagine somebody being this rude in real life. Like in in this, at this age, you know?
3: <laughs> Is she older or younger? She's much older than me. Yeah. So wow, that's the other hard part I have where I'm like, I'm young and I came in. He, My husband's the youngest and I feel odd already. You know, she's almost mm-hmm. a decade older than I am and I'm... Oh, grow up. (laughs) Yeah. I know. (laughs) What if she's listening? I'm just kidding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I can hear her teeth grinding. (laughs) Yeah, that's even even
1: worse if you're Mm. much younger. Because you're like, aren't you the adult here? I know. But I think also just like limiting your exposure to her, like not offering to like get together before the thing. Like, just stop. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm. you don't have to. You don't have to subject yourself to that. And... There are, seems like plenty of people in that family that are delightful, that love you, that show that they are interested in you as a person, that they want you around, that they're happy you're there, they love you. Welcome to the family, etc. Spend time with those people. Don't feel like you have to include anybody that's like very resistant to like, yeah, what you're trying to have in this family.
3: Yeah, I really appreciate that.
0: There's a sort of old expectation for women to be like best best mates, right? Especially in like. Mm-hmm sisters and the same generation it's like you're expected to be like gal pals and sometimes you just don't get on with people I think she's coming from a place where it's like friends or enemies and you're like I just would like it to be civil when we're all hanging out and for not to hear back that you've been sowing seeds at this my relationship with my husband is bad I mean that would really get under my skin I'd be angry but I also find mm-hmm. you know little microaggressions very triggering and that would drive me completely insane and it's really hard because your confidant is your husband and you also don't want to put him into like he's part of the dynamic but you also don't want to make that dynamic less equilibrium-y you just like you just want to have a nice time with everyone it's a shame that she's feeling so step that she can't move beyond whatever she's decided you're about.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Have you spoken to her husband? Or has your brother spoken to his brother? I think that we were feeling that was probably going to be the next step was maybe Mm. my husband talking to his brother. But just to be like, hey, have you noticed this weird dynamic going on? Yeah. But I don't know. I also feel bad. I don't want to put him in a weird position with his brother. And so I kind of feel like I want to make it my thing, but mm-hmm. I honestly might just do. I appreciate Raven's perspective on um, possibly just her hearing conversations about me that I'm not privy to and not understanding that it might be the flip side. I like that, but I honestly don't want to know what's like behind the curtain or like why she doesn't really like me. I just don't feel like I need to know that information, but yeah, I, I might just have to take your approach, Allison, and just say... I love my husband and I'm gonna stay in this family. And if I could not interact with you, I wouldn't, but I just would appreciate some reciprocity in this whole exchange. I don't like this lady for being so rude to you. <laughs> You're so kind con- like you exude like
1: sweetness and kindness. And I I want only lovely, nice things for you, and I only want people to be nice to you. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks I- for calling. What a sweetie.
0: She's so sweet. I'm really gutted about that very jealous sister-in-law.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it's so tough when like you want to improve a situation and you're like, how can I make this better? And you're like, the other person is simply unwilling. And like, all you can do is change how you deal with it, how how you mm-hmm. react to it, how you let it affect you. But the situation itself is probably not going to improve, and that's terrible advice because that's not really advice. That's like, <laughs> that's like a hard knock lesson.
0: I had loads of thoughts about the situation without being like, I, I, I cannot help you move beyond it because it's like any family, the dynamic of, of brothers in a family. You just have no idea what what the older brother has said about the younger brother, what their dynamic is with the parents, what the what what the what sister in law is feels she's privy to and Emily coming in and being like, oh, but I love the younger brother. And she, and they're, they're, you know, you just being the youngest is a a privilege of of its own in some ways in the family. And they're just like, oh, we're the young, new couple. They're like these shiny toys. And this poor yo-yo lady is like, I'm a yo-yo. People don't like yo-yos as much as they used to. (laughs) She's just like- No. she's And 10 years is like, that would get to me too.
1: Yeah, Exactly. I feel like you need to write this into a script or something. Cause I feel yeah. like it's like it's like very family stone energy. Isn't it? It's giving Rachel McAdams.
0: But every family is like that. Yeah, one of the things I like most about my in-law, my like my husband's siblings, is that they will tell me stuff about him that he's hidden. Like, like they'll be like, this is the time that he shat himself on the tricycle. Like it's like sharing that. As of with as part of their family is the best thing about Christmas with them. One of the be- one yeah, of the nice yeah. Ha-
1: exactly, that
0: they have the shared history and you get to hear the the bit that they're not telling you. It's brilliant. It's such a shame they're not like. So are these brothers, did they have you? Did like what are they like?
1: Yeah, like how can they form it? an alliance to like make it more bearable and interesting and fun for them as well? Yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah,
1: I hope the other lady grows up and I hope Emily finds peace because she's an angel who walks among us. Okay, so now comes maybe my favorite time. It's the Chef's Kids Hotline. This is rapid fire, largely cooking focused, but not always. I don't know what the questions are. And uh, they're recorded. This is where you can leave a message, which if you are so inclined... To leave a message yourself, you can call eight five six five zero two four eight one six or just go to allisoneroman.com slash podcast because that phone number is impossible to remember. Okay, let's take some calls. Hi
5: Allison, this is Chris from Philadelphia. Uh, as one of the foremost authorities on entertaining people, I'm curious your approach to music when you have people over. Do you take requests? Do you switch the music depending on the people that you know are there? How do you deal with people who ask you to change the song at a party if those people exist in your life? Uh, I would just love to hear your approach to hosting people and playing music. Thanks.
1: Mm, Music. Uh, Music is one of those things that I almost always delegate to, either to my friends or to my now husband. But like... Only because I'm almost always doing something else that I feel like is more important. It is like definitely for me, like depending on the people coming over. What is the vibe I'm trying to create? Is this casual? Is this dinner? Is it a party? Is it a cocktail hour? Is it like a, how many people is it? Is it loud? Is it a Saturday? Is it a Tuesday? Like, where are we? What are we doing? What are we trying to cultivate? Because everything else in terms of vibe, like I always have 42 candles burning. I always have like snacks, but music is the one thing that is like, the sort of wild card of like a a hosting experience.
0: Yeah, it's tricky because you kind of want want something that feels like like song you forgot you like. So it's not like brand new Mm. and like poppy and it's not like pretentious and like classical. I wouldn't want to go, like I don't want to eat. I mean, do I want to eat dinner to classical music? Now I feel like I have to (laughs) just to know what that feels like. I also think it just depends on the mood and what, like, I I used to DJ, but we used to just like sense the room and then you can't really do that while you're also entertaining at a party. Just put on an album that you think most people like.
1: (laughs) Are you an album or a playlist person?
0: I listen. Actually, I listen to, on Apple Music. They have like Elton John's like Rocket Hour, and I listen to it all the time. And it's oh, like a gateway into great. lots of great stuff. Yeah. So pop that on.
1: He is an incredible DJ, like radio DJ, mm-hmm. like in the true sense yeah. of the word. Not like Raven Smith DJ. Not that, that yes. that's a different type of DJ. Is what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> yeah, Elton will will see you through.
1: Fun fact about Raven: Raven was in the. Fergie London Bridge music video?
0: Okay. I was in Fergie London Bridge video.
1: And that to me makes you the most qualified person on this podcast to answer the music question. But
0: <laughs> I would play, I would do on I would do starter London Bridge, main course London Bridge. And then probably Fergalicious for dessert, because you need the energy to escalate.
1: <laughs> you need the Pop, pop, or whatever that thing that they say in that song is rock, rock. I, I went know. to
0: Pilates class and they played Fergalicious, and it was it was the temperature rose considerably, and we we really all had Bonds of steel by the end.
1: Yeah, I mean it's like whether you're in hot Pilates or you're having a roast chicken on a Wednesday, it's got to be Fergalicious. It's if Fergie's not making an appearance on your playlist, I can't help you. Okay, let's take our next caller.
5: Brian, Boston. I'm calling because I have a question. Uh, I love Sweet Enough, and it is one of my favorite cookbooks. I recently purchased Sweet Enough as a wedding gift for my cousin and his new wife. I recently got a wedding thank you letter that seemed more like a quick of my gift than a thank you. My cousin's new wife said that the cookbook, which was meant for my cousin and his wife, was too mature for their 12-year-old. She was specifically referring to uh, the image from the strawberry cake recipe. What are your thoughts on uh, this situation? Do you think it was rude for her to mention this? What was your intention uh, for the image um, selection used in Sweet Enough? I'd love to know. Thank you.
1: Okay, wow. I I am absolutely shook by this question because I sort of feel like I'm being attacked, but also I can't tell if this person is serious. Mm. But I think they are. Oh my God. I'm shy. <laughs> um, Jen just held up a picture of the book. And for those of you who are not watching this on YouTube, the picture is of my friend Evan, who is shirtless and he's wearing a pair of swim trunks. And mm-hmm. the swim trunks are short and tight. They're in the sorry European style. And the print on the swim shorts of the swimming bathing suit material is of denim. And... In true denim short fashion, it does look like there is a sizable male bulge. Oh yes. Um, right. I see that. But it's but it's now. a print. It's important to note that it is a print on a short. It's kind of like when people wear the shirt that's like Michelangelo's body on your on a shirt, and you wear the shirt. No one thinks that you're wearing that that's your body. It's like you're wearing a <laughs> shirt. But the photograph does sort of make it look like it could really be real, but it's not. Anyway, it's a guy in a swimming... I mean, whatever. It's not lewd. It's funny. That particular photo came together very organically. Evan literally was wearing those shorts. He said he was wearing them to, quote, embarrass his daughters, Mm. which I think it worked. His, like, teen daughters, which, you know, classic dad. And everyone was swimming. We were having a good, nice afternoon, and I brought the cake down to the water, and... Chris, our photographer, was like, and I was like, let's shoot him holding the cake in his swim chunks. And he's like, yeah, I'll hold it. And we're like, great. And it was like golden hour, beautiful sunset, impeccable light, one snap, one and done. You know, like it just, that's a great photo.
0: I don't know what like the age appropriate time is for a young, an 11-year-old girl, but like, I'm assuming she's been to the beach. It's not like a nudist beach. It seems quite like not that, it's not even salacious.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I'm i sure we all went to Europe this summer, but like there are like fam- big families and like the dads and the brother, like they're barely wearing anything. And that's just like, mm. it's like some of you are not European and it shows. Uh, I do think that's like a very American, <laughs> crudish attitude uh, towards swimming. I also think the human body is beautiful, but I, I think to answer the question in a more, Genuine way, it's like, why did I select that photo? Because it's a beautiful photo. It's like stunning, it's funny, it's interesting. And I think that in my pursuit of creating cookbooks that feel original, unique, true to me, not regular, uh, not mm-hmm. the same, unique, I enjoy photography styles that aren't the same thing that everybody else does. And like, I'll tell you, nobody's taken a picture with a man in printed jorts on the beach <laughs> holding a cake. That I can guarantee you. And yeah, I think that appeals to me and my creativity. And I think it's funny and interesting and a good little slice of life. And it's hot. He's mm-hmm. a hot person.
0: So hot I was going to say he's is is an exceptionally fun. hot man, uh, quite startling. It's like attractive. Even, he's
1: even hotter in person. I regret to inform you.
0: Maybe this is the chance for you to do sweet enough for kids. And you <laughs> it's just sweet enough for teenagers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're wearing a turtleneck and like <laughs> in a sleeping bag. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I apologize to anyone who doesn't feel that that's appropriate for a 12 year old. I also apologize for anyone thinking that I was more family friendly than I am.
0: Can I just also say sorry, just not on your behalf, but to the guy's cousin? Why did she even come back with that? I would have been like, oh, that's probably not appropriate for my. Teenager, I will decide what's appropriate and put it to a, the side. If I was offended by it, I wouldn't be like the gift you gave us was lewd, and I had to cover my child's eyes from the man dressed. Yeah, exactly. At like, the beach well, well, in beach I mean, it's a harsh world
1: out there, lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like t- take that. Yeah. Take your kid to Times Square on vacation; they're going to see a lot worse than that. <laughs> like,
5: <laughs> I don't know. Like,
1: not to be rude, I just like I don't find anything to like that doesn't. Also, also to be clear, we were at a beach full of other kids that were 8, 12, yeah. 6, 15. Like, we, it was like a family fun day. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I refuse to apologize.
0: Quite right, too. There's nothing to apologize for.
4: Allison, congratulations on your recent marriage. My name is Violet. I'm from the Bay Area. I am nine years old. My mom and I love your home movies. I love to cook and sort of what recipe would you recommend for me to make for her? Thank you. Bye.
0: Ah! Oh,
1: oh, oh. my God. At first I was like, this person has baby voice. <laughs> she's like, I'm nine. I'm like,
5: oh, oh <laughs> like my god, tracks. my heart is warmed. <laughs> my
1: heart has melted into a pool of earnest happiness that was so sweet. Um, Violet, thank you so much for calling. I want to say thank you so much for even cooking and taking an interest in cooking. And I'm so happy that the way that you're interpreting food is to also cook for others. And like your question of like, what should I cook for my mom is so kind and generous and absolutely in the spirit of why cooking is fun and important. So you're on the right track. You're very smart. I adore you. You're perfect. The first thing that I learned how to make when I was a little bit older than you, was like a really basic tomato sauce for pasta. And a step up from there, which it sounds like you're probably already beyond that if you're doing things like stews, is to do a really nice pot of meatballs with like beautiful pasta and like a Caesar salad or something like that. Like kind of, I think it's fun when you cook for people to say like, we're going to do Italian restaurant night and kind of turn it into an event. Like you're taking care of somebody, you're taking them somewhere, but really all you're doing is taking them to your house. And that can feel really fun and festive and sort of like an entertainment, you know? So if you're like looking for a fun project on a Saturday, you can kind of spend your day preparing for that, making the Caesar dressing, making the meatballs, simmering the sauce. And then you like, you know, can like write up a menu and like put your own little touches on things. And can turn your own kitchen into like a little Italian-American ristorante for the evening. And I bet your mom would love that. But also meatballs make really good leftovers. So I think of anytime you're cooking food for someone, it's nice to have something that goes the
0: distance. I would be like, what, what about creme brulee? Let's just get the blowtorch. Let's just go. Hey-ho. Yeah,
1: no. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, is there something dangerous I can put into your hands?
0: Or? Yeah. Is there a sharper knife? For the nine-year-old. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was so <laughs> sweet. I love
4: her. Mm, wasn't it? Hey, Allison. Uh, this is Ashley calling from London. So, I have a problem. I love your recipes so much. Like They have truly changed my life, my cooking game. My boyfriend says we can't... We don't, you know, we don't cook anything other than Allison Roman. And I'm like, yeah, is that a problem? Anyway, I normally forget to salt as I'm adding my ingredients into the frying pan or into the pot what have you and I know that you're a big proponent of like salting as you go I just can't remember to do that can I make up for it for by like plonking a whole bunch of salt in when eventually I remember it or should I just sort of accept that uh, the boat has left and this is just not going to be quite as salty as it should be I hope that question makes sense all right thank you again for everything bye
1: It does. I get it. Don't ever assume anything's ruined. I think like if you forget to season as you go, seasoning at the end is always the preferred, you know, method. Certain things will sort of correct themselves with time. So like a salad dressing, or if you're sautéing green beans or vegetables or roasting them, if you like, oh, I put them in the oven and I forgot to salt them, you can salt them afterwards. Just like let them sit for a little bit. Like let them kind of give them a bit of time. Part of why we season as we go is because we're seasoning and we're giving the seasoning more time to settle in. So like when you season, as you go from the start of cooking, by the time you're done cooking, that's that those ingredients have been seasoned for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes versus five seconds at the end of your cooking. So if say a pot of soup or a stew or a braise, if you're seasoning only at the end, just know that you should like season it to your liking and then let it sit for like five, 10 minutes or something like that to kind of pretend like you seasoned and it was stuff like pasta. Yeah. It might never be as well seasoned as you like, but that's, you. it's okay. You'll, you'll forget. You'll never forget if you do that enough times.
0: I know she was calling from London, but that wasn't, that wasn't a London accent. She I'm sounded just, Australian. I, that's my only note. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, <laughs> Oh, a, a fellow Londoners calling in and she's like, good day. And I was like, hang on, wait a minute. Hang on a one second.
1: I had the same exact thought.
0: I could tell she wasn't from London. But she was calling from London.
1: (laughs) She may have been calling from London, but yeah, you and I are almost 100% positive that woman was Australian. (laughs) And we're going to get to the bottom of this. (laughs) Do not try and call and say you're from one place if you're from another, because we will will snip you out.
4: Uh. (laughs) Hi, Allison. My name is Annika. I'm calling you from Brooklyn, New York. And we're almost in holiday season. And so I was wondering if you had any etiquette advice about when to bring a host or hostess gift to a party versus when not to. I am going to spend damn near my December month's rents on small little bottles of wine and then have them just tossed in a pile mindlessly with other people. And I'd like to try to avoid that. So I would love your advice on when I should uh, bring a host gift to a holiday party versus when I should just skip it. And if I am bringing a host gift to a holiday party, do you have any uh, ideas for gifts that are original and not just another bottle of some Spanish biodynamic wine? (laughs)
1: Yeah, we're all full of Rioja over here. Um, We're good on that. (laughs) I feel like I sort of think, how big is the party? If it's like a massive party, I'll bring, I'll always pick up a bottle of wine at a store and just bring it to be safe. I'm not going to lie. If the party is so big and there's so much alcohol already at the party, I'll keep the bottle of wine and I'll just bring it back home with me because they're Mm. never going to notice. And you know what? That bottle costs $29 and I'm going to bring it home with me. Or I'm just going to open it right away and drink the bottle that I brought. Sorry. I don't know. If that, that's like probably so gauche. People are probably like, oh my God, that's so tacky. That said, I always bring something. And because I never want to show up to someone's house without something. And if if it's not someone you're that friendly with, like, I don't know. Like I've been... Here's what I will say. If I'm hosting... I'd rather you bring nothing than bring a shitty bottle of wine. I have a full cabinet of bad wine that people bring to my party because they think they have to bring something and they don't bring anything good. And then I'm stuck with like eight bottles of Josh Sellers. And I'll find you. And I'll find the person that mm-hmm. brought that. And I'll be like, don't you dare bring this into my home. And like, I'd rather you bring nothing. It's not a good intention to bring something that even you wouldn't drink. That's not really the question you asked. But I was just upset because I found the bottle of Josh.
0: <laughs> I would agree. I would never turn up anywhere empty-handed. Like I went to my parents' house this weekend and I was like, I haven't got anything. And I was embarrassed when I got there. And it's not very formal, like but parents, it's always nice. Fine. It's always nice to just have something to be like, I thought of you as I was coming here on the way here. I always take a bottle of champagne because I think it's just chic to show up with champagne. Chic? And everyone who is... Not yet sober, loves a bottle of champagne. It always feels a bit special. Mm. And if it's a quite a big party, I would take the crap people have left at my house and i would just take it with me to the next place. It's like we have, a, maybe my friends have a bottle of like cherry Kirsch, is it called Kirsch? It's like cherry liqueur. And we have mm-hmm. now a Christmas tradition yeah. where whoever hosts the Christmas party, the, the person who hosted it the year before brings the same bottle of cherry. It just moves around the friends because nobody wants it. We don't know who first bought it.
1: That's hilarious. We should... I, I would love to co-host a party with you one day. Like a holiday party at that. Yes. I mean, that would be so fun. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I we would kill it.
0: I've got lots of horrible wine I've been gifted that we need to use up.
1: <laughs> and then it's like, what do yeah. you do with the wine? It's like you can like braise meat, I guess. But even then I'm like, ugh, it's so oaky. I don't like it.
0: I have a favorite wine and every year i buy 12 bottles of it i put a ribbon on every bottle i put three in the fridge and then if anyone's coming over they can it's like a, it's just like an instant gift just keep it i like a good I've idea. Made, rather than every time you go to a party trying to re, to start from zero of like what should i get for this person you just like this is the wine i think it's great i could talk about it a lot it's ready to go
1: what is the wine
0: okay well i like a bottle of chin chin it was the wine of the summer here it looks like a natural wine, but it's not a natural wine. And it's like, a, <laughs> it's a Vino Verde from Portugal. It's delish. People love it. And it, it's just a no-brainer. Great. People aren't like, oh, I don't know why I've got this. They're just like, oh, cool. It's a good one.
1: Yeah, Vino Verde is like an absolute delight to drink. Also, I'm yeah. done with natural wine. Yeah. Give me sulfites. Give me preservatives. Give me uh, just whatever. I, I don't care anymore.
0: I don't want to have to feel like I'm in a, a special club that because I like the wine. I'm like, I just want something really drinkable. I love a pit bull more than anything. So love just, a uh, I'd buy a cake. Yeah. Down the hatch.
1: It's fun. It's like easy to drink. It makes you feel alive again, you know? Natural or not. Yeah. And, and most wine is natural. It's fermented grapes, lest we forget.
0: Do you know Top Cuvée in London? They're like the like, cool wine people that are like making shit happen. Uh, they do same day delivery. So they have bikes that come out to all, all, anywhere in London. And Chin Chin is one of their big sellers. Obviously, I also have a wine with them, Raven Smith Summer Wine, which I don't take ah! to Christmas parties because that would be crazy.
1: <laughs> wow, the truth comes out. Raven Smith has <laughs> yeah. a wine. And yeah. if we're not drinking it, what are we doing? That's cool. Well, I need to get my hands on that for summer.
0: It's delicious all through the year, but... Bring- I don't think it's very classy to turn up at a party with your own branded anything. No. <laughs> don't <laughs> it's do just that. Like not cool. no. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, not not. I a can't good fight. imagine
1: a worse gift. Actually, that would be horrific.
0: No. You're like, here's something I definitely didn't pay for that I'm giving yeah. to you. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I think like the shorter, clearer answer like when to bring a gift, when not. I think always erring on side of bringing a gift when you go to somebody's house, whether it's the holidays or not. It doesn't have Mm. to be like a homemade box of toffee. You know, like you can bring literally anything that you find. It doesn't have to be like a bespoke set of glassware. Like you can like bring something generic, especially for a larger party. If you're going to like an intimate affair with like friends and family and there's gift exchange, that's like a totally different question. Okay, well, Raven, I think that you helped so many people today and your fear of steering them wrong, completely unfounded. I felt like your advice was really solid and you did an amazing job. Thank you. Not that you need me to like praise you at this juncture, but like, you know, I was, you're the perfect guest and I'm so happy to have had you. And I can't wait for everybody who's listening to read your book, Men, now in stores worldwide.
0: Yeah, theres I mean, there's quite a bit of wine in it. A few house parties, a lot of problems i tried to solve. That's it. That's the
1: book. The book is like you on the show, but alone, and it's your own problems, and you're offering yourself advice. I feel like it's like you working through things in real time, and they're funny, and they're poignant, and they're well written. And I know I said funny, but like I can't stress that enough. You are hilarious.
0: Thank you. Thanks. I've tried not to say that as somberly as possible. Like, (laughs) you're like, thank thank you very much. Thanks. Yes. Thank you." thank you. you. We're all very
1: bad. sad. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again. You're a delight.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: This episode is brought to you by Maker's Mark. Solicited advice is hosted by me, Allison Roman. Our podcast is produced by Jennifer Sullivan with the help of Elena Rodriguez via. Technical production and editing is handled by Red Rock Music, and our theme music was created by Yosef Monroe. You can watch a video version of this podcast on my YouTube channel. And for questions, sponsorship inquiries, or anything else, please visit us at allisoneroman.com slash podcast.